Welcome to the Rams Writer Podcast. Tight angle, cross to Pearson, Pearson scores! Stephen Pearson scores for Derby County! Wisdom, it's right! For Scythe, heads on goal. It's looping. It's yeah! in! <laughs> it's, it's Craig for Scythe with a looping header at the back post. Sibley shoots across goal. Yeah! He scored! Louis Sibley in the 90th minute. The goal we wanted has come. Hello and welcome back to the Rams Writer Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Simon. Joining me as always is Chris. Chris, good evening. How are you, mate? Good evening, Simon. Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, not too bad. And we also have a very special guest with us today. It's uh, Derby County Ladies uh, Head Coach, Samantha Griffiths. Sam, how, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Good, good, good to have you on the show. Now, obviously, a lot of people are going, what, women? He doesn't normally talk about women. Well, we are now. Chris has made that clear that that's what he wants to do, isn't it, Chris? Well, I'm a massive advocate of women's football, I've been involved in the past, and I've, I've known Sam briefly, and um, it, it can only get better now. Yeah, we're, we're now European champions. We've got a fantastic setup that we'll talk about with Sam locally, and I think it's now our opportunity on this podcast to, to raise that platform and raise the bar and, most importantly, make awareness to everybody there's not just one Derby County football club there's two Derby County football club teams both successful and both excellent and should be there to be supported brilliant so Sam for obviously those who don't know you do you want to give yourself a little introduction sort of how did you get into to women's football obviously you were a player for us uh, and now obviously you're the, the head coach yeah so I've been involved in football ever since I can remember um unfortunately my age probably tells you that I was of the generation that um it wasn't as popular. Um, I was never allowed to play at school. Um, so, yeah, I, I was pretty much um, sort of grew up playing and did my ACL back in 2015, which kind of ended ended that career. Um, but I've been involved in coaching since I was sort of 16 Um worked for the FA um, for sort of the past um, nearly 15 years now. Um, so been involved in, in the game and in, in playing capacity, coaching capacity for, for sort of quite a while. Um, and yeah, when I did my knee, Duncan sort of asked me if um, I'd be prepared to take kind of the next steps into uh, coaching, managing, which all came pretty quick, to be fair, because um, although I'd done a lot of coaching, I'd already got my A licence by then. Um, managing was a whole, uh, yeah, whole different experience. Um, so, yeah, I completed my fourth season with, with the club um, last year in terms of managing. Obviously, two of them were COVID hit, so actually, <laughs> only actually... Uh, successfully finished two seasons um so yeah looking forward to uh to next season now especially off the back of the weekend well it was a good season last season i think we came second didn't you yeah um, we finished second the highest points um highest ever finish um so yeah off the back of um what kind of happened to the men's club that was a real kind of positive um for us last season definitely and obviously as well um we'll talk about the, the lionesses um Obviously, we mentioned it in the last pod, didn't we, Chris? We, we said, we'll have a little chat and it ended up being a good 20-minute chat about it. But the Lionesses, and you've had your hands on the trophy, I saw. I have, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was lucky enough to be in work um, yesterday and the trophy had arrived at St George's Park literally as I was eating my dinner. So, yeah, we were all lucky enough to, uh, to get our hands on it. It's very heavy, might I add. <laughs> so what, what do you think then now, obviously with, with the Lionesses' success, what, what needs to change to get to, so we can use this as a platform, as a leapfrog now to get women's football on the map even more than it is now going to be become? I think we spoke about it for years, to be honest. Um, it, it's been something that's been ongoing around how do we create a legacy off the back of sort of tournaments um, that have kind of had success in the past. Obviously, nothing as big as as big as this. Um, and I think the word legacy has been used so much over sort of kind of since Sunday. Um, and I think it's got to, I think it's got to start from the bottom up. So I've seen a lot of um, advertisement around the WSL games now. So like off the back of this, get down and support the WSL. But I think it has to go lower than that. I think it's got to be, obviously our league made up kind of seven tiers and, and it's got to be supported right from that tier seven kind of up to up to the top. Um, hopefully investment and things like that. Um, I mean, we've been quite fortunate that already off the back of the Euros, um, I was speaking to some people yesterday, that we've had interest in how do we support like the female team more and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it will just be something that will that will naturally happen. Um, I've seen obviously today that the Lionesses have come out and sort of written to the government going, we've got to get sort of female all-girls playing in schools. Um, but like I said, I think the biggest thing for me is um, is investment, support from the men's club. So if you are attached to a men's club like us, social media is massive. Just yeah. one tweet off the main account or one tweet off the new owner or one tweet off a player, all of a sudden everything kind of goes goes nuts. Um, I still think we're very much at that stage that the, that the men kind of lead the way, if, if that makes sense. They've got thousands and thousands more followers than kind of the women on Twitter. So that sort of support that don't really cost anything, to be honest, yeah, yeah. Um, I think is massive for women's club. That's that social media side of it. I mean, has it affected, did obviously with the main club being in administration last season, obviously David Klaus coming in, you know, has has he spoken to you? Because I, I know he's obviously said that he sort of wants to sort of, you know, keep the women and bring the women sort of into the club. Because I know, Chris, you've said, at this moment in time, you spoke to some of the, especially the academy girls, and they don't feel like they're part of this club. Well, I was a, a Sam might remember, I was an academy coach for the now the under 15s. I was the coach under 13s and went in with Zoe into the under 14s until unfortunately illness made me have to pull out of this situation. But I, I was saying, Sam, that the girls always never quite felt as if the badge they belonged to it. Um, and I think the circumstances with the previous ownership didn't help. And I was saying to uh, Simon, I've been using this podcast now for three or four um, episodes to to relay that I still think there's a there's a there's a big gap between the boys' academy and the girls' academy. And I know we're not putting you on the spot because obviously you represent the football club uh, uh, in the higher echelons. But I've been saying now that. When I was a coach, one of my biggest frustrations was the girls didn't get the entitlement and the quality of facility that I duly believe their their talent deserves. Do you, do you feel the same that now um, one of the biggest problems is the facility isn't available to the girls' game as much as the boys' game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, we're, we are fortunate enough to, um, to train kind of at more farm 
um, which which is great. But that that only came sort of um, was it last year? I can't remember now. But it, it's something that's been sort of recent. We haven't. We certainly haven't been there kind of since um, sort of since I've been there um, from the start. So yeah, I, I do still think there's a bit of a gap. I do still think um, in in answer to, to sort of Simon's question around the new owner being in contact. As far as I'm aware, I've not I've not sort of heard anything. Um, which is probably a little bit disappointing so far. I appreciate there was a lot of stuff at the club to probably tidy up, clean up. And, and again, whether we like it or not, we probably imagine we're right at the bottom of that list to, to kind of speak to and sort out. Um, so, yeah, things have, um, things have slowly, obviously, we've been involved in kit launches before. Um, unfortunately, last year, we didn't have the, the same training kit. So we had a different training kit to the men. And um, it was something that we raised this year going, like, we need visually to attract players when players come they want to feel there they look the same and 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 that sort of thing so we raise that we're still waiting obviously kit at the minute because there's all sorts of issues with umbro and everything else so but yeah in, in terms of the um at the academy I, I get that i get exactly what you're saying um I've, I've, i commit sort of to doing some bits with the academy i spoke to dave about i want a closer link with the academy this year so i'm due to go down four times this year um to do some bits with the coaches just try to align the first team with that a little bit um but yeah i, I honestly think if all male clubs uh, the parent clubs at the minute if they're really honest off the back of the euros do they all do enough for 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 the women's arm, I'm not I'm not sure that I'm not sure they do. I, I do think there's probably more. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I think the women's game's moved on that much now. It's more than just wearing the same training kit or just training there or just wearing the badge. There has to be a real a real synergy, a real togetherness. And and like you say, you only have to ask players, ask staff. Do you feel a part of of the club? And you'll probably get your answer. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Simon. I 100% agree. I think one of my biggest frustrations as being a Derby County women's coach uh, in the season, where we were very successful and, and we won the league in a, and we played in the year above. We, we, we beat uh, Forest in the final um, to win the age group. My frustration was, Sam, is that we played at Olsen Park. And, and to get the, the girls to be motivated to play there, with all due respect to what I know the amazing amount of work David does at the academy, it was always difficult for us coaches to be at the race course at Olsen Park. And then we play Leicester City the following week and they've now got their own academy facilities. You know, the Leicester City have given the old academy solely to the yeah. women and they've got Emil Heskey running it now and each particular age group has got a pitch that is dedicated to their to their team. And um, the coaches, like you, you mentioned your connection with, with the academy this year and I think that's great. I saw you down at the trials, which is a really, really good thing to see and also I know you've got Kieran on on your staff and yeah. I don't care and we coached together a couple of years ago and I, I've got a lot of time for Kieran how, how do you sort of how do you see the future do you believe that there is uh, now a time to integrate the academies because I believe personally that there shouldn't be uh, any difference I believe that more farm is big enough to allow everybody to have a, a part uh, even if they, they share the pitches like, I know you do an amazing job at Michelober but I just always found it difficult to motivate the most amazing girls to play at the highest level on a pitch that, let's be honest, in the middle of December, wasn't fit to be played on. And yeah. do you find that frustrating as a, a, a ultimately you're the, the go-to lady? I know that when I was coaching, the girls always say, I want to play for Sam, I want to get in the first team, what do I have to do? 
but then giving them a facility that they can't prove themselves was my biggest frustration. Yeah, yeah no, and I get that. Um, like I say, I've been I've been down to see um, a couple of the academy teams this year. I was down watching the the eighteens. Um, at the end of the season with Hannah because I was doing some work with her for UA for B and it probably opened my eyes to be honest uh, that was at that was at Elveston Park as well where it was like well I think the challenge that we have I think within the club which doesn't help does help and again don't know if I'm speaking out of turn or not but obviously we have an academy and an RTC which at some point this has to either become one or because in my opinion, whatever the RTC, which is classed as the excellence programme that sits under the FA umbrella, they will always probably be prioritised by the club um, more than our own academy because we're probably still seen as grassroots. Um, they've just um, applied for like the, the new ETCs, which are the emerging talent centres. I think the, the RTC have managed to get that. I really wanted us to could apply for it. Um, so I think until that bit's kind of sorted or bought in-house or, or something, that will always be a challenge of prioritising the academy um, girls to get them probably what they deserve. Um, and to be honest, through what I've seen, I don't think there is that much difference in, in the two groups in terms of ability and stuff like that. Um, there's just a whole bunch of very good female players there that quite rightly so deserve to wear the best kit, wear the best facility, um, play at the best facilities. Um, and, and rightly so, I think if you look at More Farm, it's massive. It's probably one of the biggest academies. It's a Cat One Academy. Um, they have some of the best facilities across the country. Um, but again, we, we get it eight till 10. The, the, the hours aren't great. They're not, they're not that great for, we're potentially signing a player at the minute from Man United. She lives about an hour and a half away, she's only 16. So for her to finish training at 10 o'clock and be getting home at half 11. So these are some of the, the internal battles that potentially we're having at the minute in going like our senior players probably deserve to have better training times as well. Um, so, yeah, I can only say that I um, echo and feel your, your frustrations with it. Yeah, because yeah. this, this was the point that you made, didn't you, uh, on our last show was, you know, I think there's something like 14 pitches at Moor Farm. That surely is enough for not only the men's, but the women's uh, and the academies to all be able to share and play on that pitch. And one thing I brought up was surely if you're, you know, wanting to progress, because obviously that's, you know, as a, as, a, as a women's team, you want to play in the WSL. That's that's obviously the ultimate goal. Chris mentioned it. I think we do. I think yeah. that this is the question at the minute is do, do that, and this is the question that that, that we're wanting sort of answered and, and asking do do the men want us in the duck? Because it, it costs a lot of money. So yeah. it's we could we could if we'd have won the league last year, I'm not sure we'd have been in a position. The men would have been in a position financially to support the the the, the input like financial that you have to put into play championship. So I think this is where our vision, the men's vision, it has, it kind of has to be aligned to where do the men, because at the end of the day, they're the ones, that, that's the umbrella that we sit under, where do they want Derby County women, are they happy for us to stay at tier three, do they want a five-year plan of going there, we want, we want you in the WSL in, in five years, um, and these are some of the conversations that I think probably need, well, might be going on at the minute, I'm a little bit removed from it, to be honest, I just turn up on a Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday and try and do the best, the best I can. Yeah, because I know this, I mean, this is what Chris was saying. Imagine in four years having, having a Derby County lady representing England 
in the Euros. Yeah. yeah. That, that would be massive for the club and, and the city of, of Derby. Yeah. Yeah, and look, we, we, we've had them come through the RTC before, but unfortunately we, we lose them because they go on to play championship um, as opposed to um, wanting to probably stay at, at kind of tier three, which again is understandable. And we've always said until we can get to that next level, it's always going to be hard to um, to keep hold of your, uh, of your next generation England stars, if you like. So, so what would happen then if you finish top of the league, for instance, this season? Would you be promoted to the champion, the, the, obviously the championship, or would you have to stay at the level you are? So you play, in, you play a playoff. So Wolves won our league last year. They played in a playoff against Southampton, who won the Southern. Uh, Southampton won, so Wolves stay in our league. Southampton get promoted to championship, but along with that, you have to, you have to have off the pitch proof. So you can be as good as like on the as you like on the pitch. But if you don't hit certain criteria off the pitch, which is around finances, facilities access to different things then the FA can turn you down right I mean didn't because didn't haven't didn't when the the WSL first came about didn't Derby apply yeah to yeah, join we applied, yeah we applied twice now um and been been rejected for various little little things um so yeah I'm, I'm yeah <laughs> I, I, Simon I find it staggering to be honest um we're, we're, there's a similar situation. He's going to hate me when I say Sam in basketball. Because I'm basketball like, again. <laughs> I'm a, I've been involved in professional basketball for a long, long time. And it's the same with the Trailblazers. We play at NBL 1. And the same reason we don't play in the BBL, despite our success, is because financially, the implication is you just can't afford it. And I, I do believe, again, this is a, a disparity that, as Sam said only a few minutes ago, the club has to have a, a long, hard look at it. Because I personally believe there is room for WSL uh, football club in Derby that the facility is there I think Michelover are doing wonders for the girls I really do I think there's always improvement there's always can be improvement um, going back to what you're saying Sam about bringing players through into the first team I believe that you have seven in your squad at the moment that have come through the academy or am I, I'm not quite sure yeah, you're probably about right. To be fair, and we've just we've we've took another two this year um, that we've stepped up from literally the devs and um, had them a shirt printed, so they're they're, they're kind of fully integrated um, in the squad, both um, both sixteen. Um, so obviously, the impact of of what happened with the men last year is we've we've lost I think eight players um, from last season, um, which is a bit a bit of a blow. Um, so we're we're looking to rebuild the best we can this year. Um, probably be a little bit different this year. Um, but however, I've still got every faith in in the players that we've got, the youngsters that we're bringing through. Um, so yeah, looking forward to uh, to to the challenge this year. One of the questions I was going to ask uh, regarding that is: you play on an astroturf pitch um, every other week, and then obviously you play on grass. How do you find that preparation? for your sort of your team each week. So obviously the, the, the ball's going to move smooth. I've, I've coached on, on the McClover pitch, it's lovely. And then you'll go to a grass pitch that may not be um, as fluent with your style of play. How do you adapt to that? Is it difficult? Yeah, it, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, there's probably a few more teams now playing with 3G pitches. 
um, than than what there was previously. So um, Forest have got um, they play on a on a three G. Um, there's a couple of others, um, but then like your Loughboroughs that play on grass, but it's like a bowling green anyway. It's like it's like it's like playing on Pride Park to be honest. So the standard of pitches have have got better. Um, some can be a challenge through through the winter. Um, and yeah, we, we we like to try and play a little bit last year, and that did become a bit of a problem when you are used to the ball rolling quite nicely. The girls get used to sort of the spaces, the distances, how much power they need to put on passes, and then obviously when when you turn up to pitches that are a little bit churned up or or cut up or or dry in the summer, um, it, it does probably affect the way you play. Um, but I think that's just something that we accept and, and and that we have to kind of adapt to, I suppose. Would you prefer to play at Pride Park or are you quite happy playing at, at Michelover? We've played at Pride Park a couple of times. We always play Pride Park at Far- when we play Forest, we play at Pride Park. Um, my problem with Pride Park is um, I don't see it as a home fixture. It's amazing to play there, but it's very different for the girls. It's a different environment. It's a different feel. Don't get me wrong, like playing there and, and winning is, is unbelievable. Um, I think we got, I don't know, there's just over 2,000. I think this year it was, it was probably one of the lowest attendances when we played Forest. But to have those at Mickleover and have that atmosphere at Mickleover, um, I, I would really like, uh, we, we play some night games at Mickleover and under the lights, it's um, we had about 600 there against Stoke and the feel and the buzz for the girls was, it felt full. Um, I think the issue at Pride Park was it, it probably still felt quite empty. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I say, it is, it is unbelievable to play there um, and that the pitch is amazing and it's great for the girls, but I I, per, I do enjoy playing at Mickleover. Maybe that sounds old fashioned or <laughs> or whatever I don't know, but it has got a real home feel for us there. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, I've played at Mickleover before. I know, I know, it's it, it is like playing. I like say it's like playing on a carpet. Um, <laughs> I mean, where where do you see where do you see where do you see the the ladies going this season? Um, obviously, I know you mentioned you might have a few struggles with with recruitment and things like that, but. You know, it seems like you're gaining momentum at the minute and sort of getting better and better each year. Do you think you can go one better this season or do you think it's going to be like, I suppose, the men's, if you like, are going to be a bit of a rebuild? I hope so. I, I, I've, like, I spoke to the girls the other, the other night and, and they, they know who we've lost. Um, but you only have to look at the men last year. Um, if they'd not got the points deduction, they wouldn't have done half bad and they were full of a, of a group of kids and just players that went out there week in, week out with heart, desire. Um, and sometimes that, that, that'll that be anything that's kind of put in front of you. Um, and I genuinely believe we've got that in the players this year, the ones that have stayed. They, they've, they've showed that they're here for the club, they play for the badge. Um, and I have every belief that every one of them girls will give 100% every time they step out on the pitch. So, yeah, we're, we're still here to compete. Um, we still want to be up near the top. Um, so, so yeah, that that's the mindset that we're fully going into the season with. Yeah, and that sound it sounds positive. Then it sounds like you're you, you are you ready and raring to go off your Burnley first game? Is it two weeks away now? Yeah, twenty first of August, first game um, at home, which is nice. Um, 
So, yeah, like like I say, pre-season has probably been a bit of a struggle. We've had people away, and but it, it's always the same pre-season. So trying to get like what you've got in your head of a start in 11 together has been a bit of a challenge. But again, it's give us opportunities to look at other players, um, look at other development players. We've seen loads this season through pre-season. Um, so, yeah, we've got, um, I think, MK done Sunday. Then we've got a midweek against Villa next week. Um, Cardiff last pre-season and then yeah straight into Burnley on the 21st and, all, and already looking forward to it as I bet the girls are as well yeah they're, they're, they're ready to go um, feels like it's been a long pre-season we've been we've been back quite a while um, so yeah it's just it's just a really exciting time and, and I think that, that just exciting for the women's game I suppose um, there's more and more managers in our league that are being offered kind of full-time positions. So that's something else that we compete with. My my prep is two hours Tuesday, two hours Thursday, a few hours on a Sunday when kind of others out there are getting paid for being like prepping 37 and a half hours, 40 hours a week. So um, that's another challenge that we face. But it, it, it is what it is. And like I say, we, uh, we're, we're ready for the challenge next season. Just go back to your role with the FA. Um, yeah. Obviously, did you have an opportunity to to watch the Lionesses pre-tournament training? Did you get, did you manage to sort of get anything or any advice or take on board what they were doing? No, I didn't really get a chance to um, to sort of see anything kind of pre. Um, spoke to a few people internally around some of Serena's kind of thoughts and um, processes that that kind of suppose she goes through, uh, which which has been fascinating. Um, and all they talk about at the minute is culture, creating the right culture, creating the right environment, um, which I think whether you go on your, your new I2CF, the new level one, UEFA-C, it's something that runs throughout around creating the right environment. Um, so that's something that that we're really going to try hard at this year. Um, so, so yeah, it's been, uh, like I say, turning up to work yesterday and just going in the canteen to grab some food and the trophy being sat there was, uh, was, was unreal. And, and like I say, it's not just about inspiring the next generation of players it's the next generation of female coaches managers um just whole like women's sport in general really um so yeah it was uh yeah it's it's had a huge huge impact um on everything at the minute work derby um so yeah i just hope it's something that can keep momentum like say probably seen it before where the first couple of weeks after something is great and then like a month but yeah, I think I I believe this is this is a game changer. But we all have to play our part in uh, in keeping this going. Would that be involved with your full time role as well? Because you're a development officer, so I presume that means you develop aspiring coaches, or are you developing sort of regionals centres for coaching? No, so my my job is um, fully to develop female coaches, um, especially around recruiting new female coaches. So I do a lot of work with kind of mums stood on the sideline that turn up week in, week out with the coffee um, and watch the dad coach week in, week out. Um, and our job is very much to speak to them, give them confidence of actually you can do that too, um, especially with the increase probably in women's teams over the next foreseeable few months. I think off the back of the Euros, there'll be a lot more females wanting to play, a lot more teams being created. 
the problem will be is who coaches them and nine times out of ten it will be people going we want a female but we can't find them so that yeah that's our job to to connect with mums to connect with um, ex-players current players young players 14 to 17 year olds that might want to do the coaching badges um and yeah have a real drive around inspiring the next we talked about it at work yesterday that they talk about the players we need to talk about Serena. Who's the next Serena? Like that, that that's got to be our, our kind of go-to. Just on obviously the the, the, t- the tournament, there was record-breaking crowds. Do you expect, especially now with season ticket holders getting free, to see bigger crowds uh, at your games? I hope so. Um, I, I, I genuinely do, um, and time time will tell with that. But again, it, it comes down to whose job that is, who's marketing that, who's pushing that, who's in and around schools and this is what I say when you have full-time people employed by the club solely for the women it makes such a difference because they have the obviously time and and, and energy and investment to, to to put into driving some of that stuff um so again this is where it'll be interesting to see what the club do over the foreseeable if there is anything that they want to go look we, we do need to invest into giving someone a full-time role in driving this sort of 40 hours a week as opposed to where we're probably at, at the minute where it, it, it's not quite there yet I, I i agree with you sir i think yusuf phoenixon was involved and yeah. in, i worked for faith for many years at derby and she's a great loss to derby and i wish her all the best in her new career she was a very strong advocate yeah. of exactly what you said and i think that's that passion and that um prowess has never quite been replaced yet. and that's no disrespect to the club and i do believe that that is one part that needs to be looked at um one thing i've also found with with the ladies game is it's a very difficult time slot to get the the the, the biggest achievement of crowding yeah, like at the moment you're playing a sunday i believe uh, yeah. is it around two o'clock kick two off? o'clock yeah do, do you believe that is i've always been a, a, an advocate that if they could slot um, the ladies game whilst Derby were away uh, at three o'clock on a Saturday. Do you think that would improve it? Or do you think there's an option to do that? Or do you believe that Sunday is the home of women's football? Well, I suppose that's where the WSL is different. They don't play Sundays. They pretty much play, well, they either play Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday. They're, they have a lot more flexibility. Like at every one of our games is is Sunday, kind of two o'clock kickoff at two at, at um at tier three um unless we obviously play the odd night game whereas i think that's probably what they've tried to do with the wsl a bit um i think the the idea obviously originally of that was that was to be played through the summer almost out of season so why fans had got nothing to watch they they would they would go to that but obviously that didn't kind of last long before they kind of brought it all back in line with uh, with a winter league um so yeah i mean <sighs> I wouldn't like to say the WSL Championship gets more people because they play on a Saturday. It could just be that they play at a higher level and more people want to go and watch that standard as, as opposed to kind of Tier 3. Um, but, um, yeah, I think pretty much Tier 3 is just renowned for Sunday afternoon football, kind of 2 o'clock, two o'clock kickoff. Um, it would be interesting to see if there's ever been any research or anything done into that side of it to see if there is a better time date that that people would turn up to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously we we put it out about there was a couple of questions we got for you um, from from a couple of obviously the, the male fans, but one of them was, um, what would you want from the new ownership and how much would it take for Derby to reach the WSL? 
Oh, that's the golden. That's the golden question. Um, I, I, it's something that I've always said in terms of like the money side. Don't don't in don't really interest me. They could throw all sorts of money at it. Um, it, it it's it's what we've already talked around around yeah, yeah. how they help professionalize us. It doesn't overly cost them, like I say, to have a joint social media account or to be more proactive on their social media account. Um, it doesn't cost them for us to use their facilities or to be on their facilities. Um, travel, we currently travel in cars to every away game. We don't get access to buses or anything like that where there's other clubs in our league that travel on first-team coaches. Um, it's those little things that make a big difference to us. Uh, that professionalise a club without costing a huge amount of money. Obviously, to play in the WSL, you need a playing budget um, that can be anything from half a million up to five to ten million, depending on how successful you want to be. But that's obviously to pay your top players to play for you. But I certainly think there's a lot more that can be done to professionalise it that doesn't that doesn't cost anything. Yeah, yeah. I like this question. If you could meet the FA of 1921, what would you say to persuade them not to ban women or clubs to protest the ban? Well, what a question. Um, <laughs> you know that's off, Sam, don't you? Yeah, I did see it. Um, I don't know. I think, obviously, I think there has to be an appreciation around the generations that, that have come through. Um, I, I just don't think there's any hiding of the fact that how quickly the women's game has, has picked up momentum over the years. I've seen it change dramatically in the short, well, short period of time that I've been involved with it. Um, but I'm sure those people look back and, and go, yeah, that probably wasn't the smartest or whatever. But like I say, um, I think the only thing that we can hope for is that we've changed the mindset of that generation and we, we have to look forward now and go the new generation coming through um, will grow up in a different environment um, with different role models, which can only only be good for, for the women's game. Yeah. I've got one more that one the, this one's from uh, from Facebook um it says um but what and it gets to be honest it, it leads to obviously what you were saying regarding like the social media aspect and things like that but it says you know can't they make a calendar like they do for the men and my argument as well for this is why can't they sell the women's shirts in the in the megastore like I, there was a goal I think it was last season's goalie top I love that I think I wanted that but where, where do I get it from yeah again I, I... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the, um, the I don't know that the challenges, the reasons, and, and this is what I say in terms of to have somebody full time within the club that, that's dedicated to supporting these kind of things, whether it be the marketing, the social media, the, the, it, it's just having that link and somebody who lives and breathes the women, but mm. sat as part of 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 the actual kind of club, mm. um, in my opinion, is something that's that's probably desperately needed right now for for us to really shift and change and, and get momentum going. Because I suppose it comes back to so we see we see signings. So they've seen a couple of signings for West Brom, and they do it all on West Brom TV. So they get them down to the like film it all, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I've had people say to me, well, why can't we do that? Why do we just get like a picture of someone? And I go, but who's get, who's going to do it? Who who's who actually has the time or who is paid to meet the player, take them down to the whatever? And this is what I say, There's for me, there's a real need in terms of 
dedicating some hours to really driving driving this club forward and, and professionalising it as much as we can. I I said the same, Simon. I, I actually offered my services a few years ago um, when Jenny was uh, managing the club uh, before your time, Sam. I had a I had a couple of good chats with Jenny. She's at West Brom now, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, at the time, I, were, I had worked in professional basketball and I had a similar problem with the Derby Storm back in the late 90s, early noughties, where we were struggling to compete with other sports in the area because Derby's a small city. Yeah. One thing I found marketing the club, and this is something that I spoke to Jenny about, and I'd happily speak to Derby County uh, women now, is that I don't think there's enough em- emphasis on junior girls or year seven girls. You, there is su- such a wonderful abundance of talent who want to play football. But, you know, you go down to the race course on a Saturday morning, as you know, and there's, there's, girl, there's a girls' league, which is, which is fantastic. But it's to get the marketing out there, surely you've got to go to the grassroots, which is the schools. Because if the schools don't promote women's football and, and girls' football, how are they going to uh, understand where to watch, how to play? Uh, you know, and do you think that there isn't enough emphasis put into that level the junior schools and, and year seven yeah definitely yeah it's something that um that i've tried to beat the drum about quite a quite a while now around getting our face our name out there in terms of the schools and stuff but again it, it comes back to that who who does it who who has got the time or the whatever to to be able to target so many local schools get in there give some free leaflets out and i suppose the challenges as well is how do we, um, I think if you do it for free, you, you, you'll, you'll always get, get more to the games. Are the club prepared to have that, have increased numbers for the sake of sacrificing um, a little bit of money? I saw um, Bristol City the other day, they've, um, for every season ticket, um, £40 it is for a season ticket, for 12s and under, they get a free women's Bristol shirt. So in essence, they're almost buying the shirt, but you're actually getting them through the gate at the same time. I thought it was a, it was a great little idea. And again, we've got a little group with people on and I just I just keep putting stuff on there constantly going, not telling we've got to do it, but I'm, I'm just going to keep showing you like different ideas on what other clubs are doing. And um, so, yeah, I just I hope off the back of this, um, it, it, it does make people sit up and go like I'm sure David Klaus has watched that out well I don't know whether he will or wouldn't but you'd like to think that he saw that Sunday and you'd like to think there's some part of him that goes right what 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 can we do what do we what can the club do because I want to see our our women competing at the highest level um so yeah time time will tell with that one <laughs> it sounds like the, the, it, the thing is what we obviously listen to you talk it sounds like it's not a great deal that needs to change it's just little tiny steps, you know, and obviously we, we drilled out this one city, one club that needs to include you guys as well. It, it, it genuinely does. And it's pointing to saying one city, one club, or no, one city, two clubs. And one of them are a little bit shaky about because they're females. Now, and obviously, you know, we go back to legacy, as you said at the start of the show, that that's now what this has got to be. And this is where I think not just Derby, but there'll be other clubs out there as well that are in, similar or same situations to, to to us to you that want to be integrated and in, you know with the men's teams yeah i mean look what the men did before the um was it after the euro fan might have been after where they just put a tweet out around off the back of that get down support your local club 
and and kind of put like where they can get tickets for the Burnley game. We had so many responses from that, so many more than we would have if we'd if we'd have put that out off the women's Twitter account. Yeah. Um, so like you say, it, it's more it's tiny little things that that make such such a difference to to the whole club as as a whole. It's all about incentive, isn't it? You've got to incentivize people to get there. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it can go a long way to to promote to all aspects of the city. One thing I've always found is that um, the coaching uh, holiday uh, courses that you have where children go to and soccer stars, to me, there should be a more infusion of female coaches. And I think Derby County ladies, sorry, Derby County women should be involved with the likes of soccer stars. I know Pat Lyons and has been heavily involved with that for a long, yeah. long time. And I just think that every time there is a, same as uh, I noticed now that the community trust have got a few more ladies coaches which is excellent but i honestly believe that every time that there is a, a male coach on a, a course during the holidays half term what have you there should be a a ladies coach and i think that's where the, i don't like the word diversity i don't like it at all it shouldn't be there ultimately it's 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 what it, the rules are exactly the same yeah the pitch, the pitch size is the same do you find that you're still struggling to bring female coaches to do you, do you still find that they get the same respect as men, or is that always a, a battle that you continue to fight? I feel like it's female, the female coach is a real problem, like re, like a real problem. We have a real real lack of um, of females um, through through various reasons, um, through them not feeling confident, through them feeling belittled. Um, I was with one of them last night. Who she just told me I've, I've quit coaching next year. I'm not doing it next year because of. The environment and the way she's made to feel, um, and she's a level two coach. So there's still a lot of this kind of goes on. So there's still some major, major work to do in in the female game, especially around um, around female coaches. Um, and I think, like I say, we just have to work hard to to help support um, and just give them a bit of belief. And don't get me wrong, there's some there's some unbelievable male coaches out there that support females as well. Um, I don't like it when we, we kind of tie everybody with the same brush. I was always fortunate enough to have grown up and, and got to where I've got to without ever experiencing any sort of kind of sexism, discrimination, that the male coaches that I've always been surrounded by have, have been unbelievable. Um, but unfortunately, there's probably still that minority that um, that stop females from, from achieving, from, we call it at work, stepping over the sideline. Um, and there's some of the barriers and some of the stigma that, we, that we've got to break down. You only need to still see on Twitter some of the comments from the women's Euros or Chloe Kelly taking a top off. And there, there's still some, yeah, there's still some work to do. Uh, that brings me on to my next question, and that was, do you ever see uh, what? In fact, first of all, what would you say to those those? I say I'm going to say blokes because they are they're men that constantly chastise women's football. You know, give it basically give you sexist comments. Should be in the kitchen, all that sort of stuff. That was my first question. My second is, do you ever see ever see that a woman? Obviously, Emma Hayes, I know, has been, has been tipped before. Do you ever see a woman going to manage in the men's game? Um, to answer your first question around what would you say, I honestly don't have a problem with males' opinions on on that sort of stuff. The the 
the problem that I have is when they feel like they need to vocalise it on social media. If you don't want to watch the women's game or if you've got an opinion that the female should be in the kitchen, that's absolutely fine. But I don't feel there's any need to feel like you need to write that and, and shout about it. That's the bit that I just, I, I, I just, yeah, I don't get that bit, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know why men have such a, a such a problem with it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I genuinely don't. Um, I think historically, the, you probably watched the women's game. I was probably one that watched it and thought it was quite slow. It was quite, didn't probably do it justice when it was on TV. This Euros was just unbelievable that the football that was played, um, ju just everything about it. Just I had a bit of a pinch moment where I was like, like I said, I've been involved in football in a long time. I was like, wow, the game has really shifted and it has really moved. Um, and now any male can sit there and go, that was crap or women can't play football. I, 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 yeah, I just I don't get that. Um, I'd like to see some of these blokes play a long ball over the top for, and then yeah. a finish like Ella Toon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, but look, I think that's something that we go that 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 is what it is, and there's still work to do around that. Um, in terms of female male uh, managing in the male game, um, I do actually, I do. I don't know who's going to do it. I don't know who's going to be brave enough to do it. Um, but I certainly think if if we keep going the way that we're going, I mean, look at Serena. She's like people were saying the other day, we shouldn't talk about her as a female manager. She she's she's the best manager that's ever been, that's ever won back-to-back -back European championships, male or female. Um so so yeah, I would like to think there is a club brave enough out there at some point to uh, to take a risk on it. I, I genuinely think they don't because of the probably the backlash. Um and probably some of the negativity negativity that would come with it from some of your typical male fans that you've that we've just kind of spoke about. But that shouldn't that shouldn't stop clubs wanting wanting to. Would you do it if you ever got the opportunity? Would I do it? Yeah. Um, I've probably not worked in in the male game enough to probably justify doing it. To be honest, um, I've worked I work with a lot of colleagues at work. Um, females that have worked in academies, worked in the male game kind of non-league and stuff like that. Um, I would like to edge my bets that I'd do all right, to be honest. I think, <laughs> I think I'd do all right. I think I know enough about, enough about the game. Um, I think I'm quite a bold personality to, to understand banter, to deal with things. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I would, I would never say no, I wouldn't do it. Um, but in terms of yeah, Emma Hayes, it would be really interesting to see if she would ever take anything that, that was offered. Just, yeah, yeah, just my, just my real final question for the podcast because I found this absolutely fascinating. Do you look at other countries and regions around the world and think, why aren't we doing that? Like, I had the pleasure of being involved in the US system uh, of, of basketball back in the sort of mid-90s, and I love the idea of scholarship um, and how they implemented their girls and boys into the university in the area, and then obviously they drafted. Do you believe there is uh, tweaks that can be done in the in the women's game in in the UK that we can look from afar and say why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we doing that? I noticed that you'd signed a player this year, I believe, who's gone to University of Derby, and there's yeah, a connection mean, there that you so, could sort yeah. of work more. Yeah, and I think I think that I think that will come. So at the minute, um, I don't know if you know too much about it, but we do have a um, a partnership with the university around a scholarship scheme. So we have two, two or three, I think it might be three actually, scholarships a year um, that female players can apply for, but it's only to do the sports journalism course. 
So if they want to do a sports journalism course, they get it fully funded and they, they, they play for us. So they kind of come on a trial with us first to see if they're kind of good enough to kind of play at our level. And then they'll do an interview with the uni. So Ella, we had a few over the past few seasons, but Ella Hilliard, the girl that we've signed this year, she's a Welsh under 19 international. So she's probably, fingers crossed, going to be the first real kind of success story that they will be integrated in the first team. Um, I think some of the ones in the past last season have sort of signed for our development team, kind of dibbed in and out of the first team. But we have signed Ella this season as a as a first team player and, and a Welsh inter- international. Then that's all come through like the the partnership and, and the scholarship with the uni. But I think that could be extended. Like we probably really narrow the 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 net when we go it's just sports journalism that's all you can do if that's a whole sports course or you can just come to Derby Uni and study anything trial get a scholarship that's when I think you start to to make waves with things you see this is where I think the marketing aspect comes into it that if you gave them that marketing course an option at the university and yeah. that background this is where you can increase your revenue not only are they get again increase of revenue and you're potentially getting good players from around uh, the UK and around the world, but you're also getting a product at the end of it and the club being promoted. I just yeah. think that w- we need to look at it in a bigger picture on how everyone can get the most out of it. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting subject. Sorry, Stav, I could waffle all night, Sam. It's, this is fascinating. We already taken over the match ball tonight because you've mentioned basketball three times now, Chris. That, that's a record for you, that is. <laughs> I still kiss the ram. <laughs> no, Sam, I, I, it's, it's been absolutely fascinating uh, having you on. And I think. Not only obviously people getting to know who you are and what Derby County Women's about, but obviously it's a bit of an educational process as well. Is obviously the things that you know you guys and the women's team have to sort of deal with, and the lack of sort of I suppose I want to say, I would say support from the men's, which again we you know, we touched on it, and you said you know it's little things. Again, social media is a massive thing, you know, and even I mean even trying to find the website, you know, I've looked on the Facebook page and the website's wrong. You know, and you look, you type in Derby County Women's Team on Google, it takes you to the Derby County page. Now, there's a ladies tab there, but it's empty. And, it, you know, it, it's not going to take long for someone to fill that in whilst they're filling in the, the first team players as well. And it, it, I just think, yeah, we, you know, Chris, he's been at me about this because he wants, because of his passion for, for the women's game. You know, and it has come to the forefront now of of everybody's. I mean, you still see it now on social media. You know, the Lioness's Twitter page has gone absolutely mental. I see, I must see about fifty tweets from them a day. They are doing everything everything they can to sort of you know push the achievement on on people and get people involved. And you know, and I think to have you on, so you know, Derby fans can can hear your your version and your side. I think it's it's it's, it's been brilliant for us. Yeah, no, look, and I really I really appreciate being invited on. It's it's great to be able to 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 just chat really, just chat about where we're at and and what we're trying to do. And and like I say, um we are, we're in a good place. Um I, I, like I said, I don't want to come on here and, and sort of make out that we're not appreciative of what we've got because we, we certainly are. I think that we're just really conscious with the momentum that's gonna pick up now. We, we, we want to stay competing with your Forest and your West Broms and your Stokes and we, we, we don't want to be left behind as the East Mids team because probably four seasons ago we were front runners really probably and um, we were the first ones to probably do the kit launch with the men and everyone was like oh my god look what the women are doing and I probably probably feel it's probably stopped a little bit since then and we've got we've got to have a real push again now of going 
we we want to be like that first game against Burnley. We want to be top of the attendance list. We want to go Derby v Burnley. Like we're top. We don't want to be at the bottom or mid table. Um, so we want to be doing what we can to to get people to the games um, to inspire the next generation. We want the kids to come and want photos with the first team players and sort of be their local heroes. They'll always have the lionesses and stuff. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. No, appreciate appreciate you having me on. Oh yeah, just finally then. Actually, if 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 there is mums, daughters, you know, young girls listening to this, what would you say to them about getting into football and well, or coaching as well? Just just do it. Just it's it's an unbelievable time. Um, it, it it's a time, obviously, that in in history that it will will live long in people's memories. Um, and there's probably going to be more opportunities now than ever to, to, to join your local Wildcat Centre, what we run at the FA, to join in your local team for females to kind of get in touch and go, do you know what, I've, I've been hooked by this, how do I get into coaching? There's so much that goes off at county FAs. I was delivering an event last night down at Leicester as part of a CPD event, engaging female players, and we must have just sat and chatted for the first 45 minutes about the game on Sunday. Mm. It's just, um, yeah, just an unbelievable impact that it's had. So, yeah, check your local county FA sites, um, get in contact with us, come down and see us. Um, and yeah, just just get behind your local teams. Fantastic, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I and I guess as well, another shout out to schools as well. They've got to play it there. You know, I know you know Cara Newton went to the same school as me. You know, and I, I saw her play just in at P against boys, and she was so much better than him. You know, so obviously she didn't play anymore. Um, I think she's a friend of yours actually. Isn't she? Yeah, she's a good friend yeah. of mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. I guess it's it's now obviously one big push and guys if you're listening get down there go support the ladies um, you know season ticket holders are free how much is it if you're not a season ticket holder good question I should know this. I think it's five pounds I think it's five pounds for adults two three yeah, yeah. it might it might even be cheaper than that See, I don't know that's really bad <laughs> well, it's a Sunday afternoon, isn't it? You can go down, watch a bit of football, have a few drinks. You know, Michelob Sports Club is a nice place to go to. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's got a real, and, and this is one of one of the things we talked about at the games. I was lucky enough to, I went with work to the England Austria game, and it took me back a little bit because it's the first football match that I've been to. Where I've like enjoyed the environment and been. This is really, this is really nice. What an atmosphere! Mm. Um, it almost felt like I spoke to a few people going like it was almost a con- like a concert. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the environment down at McLeod, the clubhouse, um, kind of it, yeah, it's just it's just a lo- lovely little ground. It's got a great atmosphere. The bar will be open. They do the burgers and everything. Um, so yeah, just, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a fan because last time I was there, I played there and we got back to ten one. And I wasn't, <laughs> and I was in goal as well. Chris oh, shaking God. his head. He goes, oh, he was disappointed. He thought you coached me well, didn't you, Chris? But no, you can't <laughs> coach me for a cold, wet, rainy, windy as anything night. Just uh, yeah, it was it was one of them to forget. But yeah, no, Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure to to have you on and, and to chat to you, Chris. I suppose it's been nice having you as well. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Always love it. <laughs> but yeah, that's no, brilliant. So guys, yeah, go on, remember to go and check out a few ladies' games this season, get down, support the ladies, support the women. You know, hopefully now we can, you know, we can try and get someone to if they can get hold of David Klaus, you know, try and get some contact with the women and you know, just just make that little them little tiny changes that we can really sort of push our, our ladies' team. So guys, thank you for listening. As always, uh, remember to like, share, and subscribe. And I shall well, me and Chris shall see you next time. And as always, come on, Derby.